Okay, hello. My name is Judith Fratz. I'm the impact lead on gender at IDH and also the program manager for our T program. I'm here together with uh, Stephen today. Hi there. Uh, my name is Stephen, Stephen Collette. I'm the operational director of IDH, member of the executive board. So gender is a, is a key impact theme in our IDH 2016-2020 strategy. And this came about after our first phase uh, of working mostly on uh, certification in value chains and learning, uh, as we are a learning organization, that some of these more hairy, difficult topics in uh, sustainability can not only be addressed successfully by certification. So then we identified five key themes which are essential to most industries we work with. And one of them is gender, where we wanted to make an extra effort to analyze and see how we, we could find touch points with businesses, civil society and governments to address these in the value chains we operate in. Yes, and I think there uh, we believe that by including a gender lens or applying a gender lens on the way we work, that we are able to realize a deeper impact on what we are already doing. And in some cases also will take that extra step to address some of the more underlying issues that we face in the sectors that we work in. Right. And then I think gender compared to other of these impact themes, such as uh, deforestation, smallholder inclusion in supply chains or um, agrochemicals management is a, is a very difficult topic to address, as it is a topic which is, of course, very close to a culture. Uh, we have agreed globally, uh, rightfully so, that there should be gender equality, gender equity. And at the same time, it's a, it's a topic which is very sensitive to different cultures. We don't have the ambition to change culture. So we need to see from the cultural lenses and from the global uh, commitments side how we can effectively address these, given the fact that we work with business. And that means that we need, we need to see how businesses and governments can contribute to gender equality, right? Yes, definitely. And I think something that we've seen over time, right, is that also in businesses, this topic gets yeah, a lot more attention. Uh, we also see it with um, public uh, organizations that we work with, that it's a topic on the agenda. Right. And talking about it like this, Feels a bit odd, right? You did. I mean, it's gender is about about yes. how fifty percent of the world and the other fifty percent of the world live and uh, work and uh, play together, and uh, it is a very obvious topic. So it's very strange to make it a topic, and that I think yeah. makes it uh, also very atypical for topics within the IDH organization. So we're talking about fifty percent of the world is being. A, a man and 50% being a woman, and that could differ a bit across countries, but that's not the issue. The issue is how they relate and how they effectively interact in a just way. Uh, and that is very much lacking, and it's strange to talk about it. So, so we've been working with businesses on, on topics like gender already since the beginning of IDH. If, if you work with, with smaller farmers or you work with, with workers in a plantation context or in a manufacturing setting, so it's always been there, um, but we've also seen that addressing it just through a certification um, angle, that, that is not going to make the difference on the ground that we need. So that's the reason why we've, as IDH, made it a, um, yeah, one of the impact themes from, from 2016 onward to give it that extra push. 
Also in those companies, uh, gender is obviously not a new theme, right? It, it's always been there. Um, the way you relate as a company to your employees, I think that is across the board and, and not only in the countries that we work in, but it's a global theme. And at the same time, it is also a sensitive topic. Over, over the last few years, we do see that the companies have increased their let's say, the gender awareness and knowing what the issues are, what is happening in their own backyard, so to say. But at the same time, that also makes them vulnerable, especially, I think, in the in the broader global context that we are in nowadays with increased gender awareness globally, um, campaigning on these topics, campaigns such as Me Too and The Time Is Now, um, that companies are put on the spot and they have to defend themselves and there is there lies a reputational issue as well so that influences i guess then the the way we operate with them on the topic right at the one hand it's sort of even further increases momentum you could say but at the other hand it also makes it necessary to create learnings in a setting that the companies trust and we hope that we can work as a trust builder and in this trusted environment with them What we will do uh, moving forward is that we will bring these businesses together, um, provide them that safe platform also to uh, interact with each other, to learn from what has been happening, for example, in the flower sector, what's been happening in the tea sector, uh, and discuss topics like leadership and empowerment, um, sexual harassment in the workplace, and, and to really... Yeah, in a in a confident way and a trusted way, define next steps with them together. Right, which is I think typical to our approach of, of not only bringing parties together, but then also setting an agenda for action and delivery on this within this global context. And we had our global team uh, here in Utrecht a short while ago, and it was I think an excellent opportunity to also discover that cultural sensitive side to gender. And to see how in each and every uh, country there's different angles and different approaches you need to successfully um, uh, look at this. Uh, although I think, and that's I think the big learning of last year, is that we also learned to look at this topic through a number of lenses, right? And, and, and also embrace a number of approaches in our assessments. And uh, well, maybe you can tell a bit more about that you did. Yeah, with many interventions, there is no one size fits all. And that's also definitely um, for, for the gender theme. So you need to tailor make your approach to where you work and to with whom you work mm-hmm. and uh, related to the, the, also the type of industry that you're working in. And what we've learned over well, the last two years um, is that we have to create a safe atmosphere and a safe environment to talk about some of these issues as they they can be very complex but also difficult and the more hairy scary type of uh, issues come to the table Um, but at the same time also look at it from an opportunity angle and what what it is that we as idh can bring like an added value by putting this topic on the agenda and and we are working on this in different ways. For example, in, in the tea sector, we have established a gender empowerment platform, which is at the moment focused on the Kenyan tea sector, where uh, a group of companies has come together, convened by IDH, um, to address uh, gender issues, but also gender-based violence in the tea sector. In flowers, we work in a similar similar way um, around um, empowerment of the women workers on the flower farms. And this provides us with a lot of insights, what to do and what not to do, right? 
Within IDH, in some cases, we work on more the manufacturing side, so looking at working conditions of the workers, but we also work a lot with in the smallholder context. And already the way how you can address some of these issues that really differs, whether you are solely looking at a smallholder context or whether you also look at a worker's context. Um, and I think that requires a different different entry point, right? So if you work on, on the manufacturing side through a workforce, it is sometimes easier to address these issues top down. While if you look at the smallholder context, each of these smallholders, are they, they run their own business. So how do you raise these topics on a smallholder context? You can't just gather a group and bring them together and say, hey, let's talk about gender today. Nobody mm-hmm. will come. Mm-hmm. So to find a way of how to do that, and I think we are so very much in, an, in a first phase of, of how to do this, mm-hmm. but some of the topics that we found that relate to the smallholder context is, for example, financial literacy or looking at um, how are decisions taken on a household level. Um, and this is something that we see coming up more and more in, in the smallholder work that we do to apply a household approach and not specifically focusing on one commodity, for example, but looking at the farmer, farmer household as such. And that's where the gender topic can be embedded further um, and which we've set out to try out further in the tea and the coffee sector, for example. Right. That very much resonates with the visit I had a couple of weeks ago to Indonesia, where we visited a coffee uh, program we run with a, with a company there. And uh, it includes, I think, about 30,000 smallholders and looking beyond the individual smallholder in the, in the family income and then the role that women play in, in defining and setting um, mm-hmm. what should be the desired income and indeed where beyond coffee then you need also to, uh, to invest in as a farmer uh, creates a more solid, if you like, solid business case for the farmer, but means also very more, a much more solid farming business for the off-taker. So the off-taker is also benefiting from this. That was also very much acknowledged in that visit. Uh, in my ideal scenario, gender uh, eventually is not a separate team anymore, but it's integrated and incorporated in the way we work. So I really believe it can make the interventions that we, we do with IDH stronger by incorporating and embedding it into the way we work as yeah, business as usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's interesting to, to contemplate why you should address gender as a separate impact theme at IDH and not as a a key touch point in every interaction. And I would say that, unfortunately, there's a lack of knowledge and understanding how to effectively address gender issues in programs. This is not only uh, within IDH. Uh, from my background, I see that everywhere. And that means that you need to do to go an extra mile. And labeling it as an impact theme within the IDH context makes, gives it a platform for going that extra mile. The downside of it, it could be that you would say, well, it's the, it's the gender bunch and that's gender as a topic and we are not a program related to that topic. Uh, but the, I think the overriding argument to do it is still that you give it some more energy so that you can generate successes or business cases or at least lessons and learnings which you can then also apply in other programs so doing everything at the same time will result in doing actually nothing or results in gender compliance almost as an add-on or as a as a compliance issue uh, similar to uh, accountability issues we have in our in our operations and I, I think if we get there, then we don't get anywhere uh, because this organization thrives through innovation and energy and giving it the energy uh, as an impact theme makes the chances higher that we generate uh, impact overall. 
we've taken quite a lot of steps to further develop mm. our, our thoughts um, on how we should look at gender. So one of the things is, for example, we've developed an intervention logic uh, similar to what we have for all the impact themes, which um, describe our pathways as IDH or how we see the pathways for IDH to reach um, impact on these three result areas. So change in business practices, sector governance and field level sustainability. And in there, we've tried to capture what's already happening in our programs by looking at what we do in flowers, tea, but also what potential um, activities we can take up in other commodities, such as apparel, the coffee and cocoa sector. Um, the theory of change we as IDH have is that we want to go for market transformation and transforming a market doesn't mean... Uh, you train farmers and then the farmers know a better business practice and you tra train female farmers as well. And then you have a gender equality or anything like that. It, in our view, changing the system means that you need to change the practices of the farmers as a business, but also the practices of the companies working with the farmers. You need to change the way the sector looks at itself. So that's the sector governance. And, and then you will generate more scalable solutions in a sector at field level. And all three sort of uh, wheels you have to turn for market transformation. And I think it's fantastic that we found a sort of a coherent set of interventions on all three, which would make the wheel turn on gender. Um, if we want to convincingly have gender as an impact theme and as a do no harm principle throughout our programs, we cannot do without a gender and diversity strategy internally and as an organization as well. So from my perspective as an operational director, I'm working very hard to make that happen in our organization, meaning that we are defining effective targets for improving our gender equality in the organization, our gender awareness, tabling this as a discussion in the context also of integrity uh, and of global diversity in our team. And it's very inspiring to see that a lot of colleagues are thinking along, uh, that we are improving our diversity balance and on different fronts in our organization at different levels, including leadership, and that we have set an agenda for the future. Yeah, so I can sketch what we hmm. have set out to do on hmm. the sector governance level, for example, there. So there we we have well, two key pathways, I would say. One is really around the, the neutral convener role that IDH has, so bringing together the coalitions to, to talk about these topics. Mm -hmm. And the other side would be more related to the, the work that we've done with standards in the past and benchmarking standards mm -hmm. and see how we can take that to the next level mm -hmm. and really um, to find ways how we can, through standard setting, improve also uh, how policies and regulations are more inclusive moving forward. On the, on the convening side of things, it would be really to look at how can we, with a platform in place, and then you can already look at gender on that platform level, so mm -hmm. how balanced or inclusive is a platform mm -hmm. in terms of its composition and representation. But from there, also, how, how can you translate that into your sector program and make that more inclusive and better gender balanced, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the bridge, maybe uh, to, to explain it a little bit further to the field level sustainability is, for me, one key thing is to really look at how IDH interventions at the moment, are they equally accessible for men and women out there? Can they tap into the same resources? 
and yeah, access the activities of, as we set them out. And then on a business practice side, you know, having policies in place is one thing. We often know that it's a start and it's good to write something down on paper, but mm -hmm. then it's really about translating that into practice and putting it into implementation, as mm -hmm. we say, within IDH. And there we try, have to try out different things. So in the tea sector in Kenya, for example, we would look at, you know, those policies are in place, but are they actually functioning? Uh, so if there are redressal mechanisms in place, do they actually get in reports? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, often we, we hear, you know, we have zero reports on our HR policies in place, and that's actually a good thing. For me, that is actually a big red, mm -hmm. red mm -hmm. flag, because that means that maybe the systems that are put in place are not effective. Mm -hmm. So really trying to address that and see whether we can make that shift and to really make their gender as part of business as usual um, is looking at whether those systems are functioning. And another thing which we haven't started yet, but would also be looking um, at how the businesses and then it's especially on the, the buyers and the trader side that we work with, how they, for example, pay farmers, how are payments done and whether those payments actually are able to reach also women farmers. That is something that we're really keen on diving mm -hmm. in further. Mm -hmm. What is a way to sort of then take it to the next level on the basis of those lessons learned, how to share them in the organization. How do we do this? So first of all, we have a group of the sectors where we are working on gender. We bring that group together every once a quarter. Yeah. Next to that, we have an ongoing conversation with a lot of uh, external organizations as right. well who are working on this topic. Uh, so they are at the same time, like a sounding board, but also a, a critical friend helping us to steer, you know, the, the direction in there. Well, a next step would also maybe be a publication around mm -hmm. um, some of the things that we've piloted and tried out and right. Right. hopefully have been successful, right. but that's then to yeah. see. And I see in the internal organization, it's all also generating energy that we now have gender as part of the sort of criteria in our in investment committee. So we have an internal investment committee which assesses all the new projects and activities we do with the program directors uh, around the table and that means that gender is part of that discussion and also being assessed by our gender experts in, in advance to see where we could improve um, and I think those mechanisms can be very powerful internally to put things on the agenda to share our learnings and then you will see also that the traction for supporting tools is also uh, increasing right yeah so what we've also done over, uh, over the course of last year is to develop our own IDH gender toolkit. It's online. It's Great. online available. <laughs> it's an interactive toolkit, but there's also a printable version available. And the objective of that toolkit is basically twofold. It's really on the one hand to illustrate with examples from practice how can you integrate gender and what effect does that have? Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, uh, providing project managers or program managers a bit more tools on the specific steps that you usually go through when developing a new project on what are the critical points to, to look at and integrate gender further. And we've just uh, launched our revised version. Um, so this is also, uh, yeah, it's it's a living document. And I hope that we, in the end, are able to replace all the best practices or the examples that we've put in there now with um, IDH examples. And some of that are already IDH examples, but 
yeah, we're building our track record there further. Did you have any feedback from our global team when they visited our office a few weeks ago? Yeah, so it was very, very positively received. And I think especially for our colleagues overseas that uh, we've we've spent some time uh, discussing gender also in our in our strategy week um, and going through it in more depth. Um, they see now how they can actually bring it back to the field and how they can apply it. So, yeah, they were very enthusiastic. Mm -hmm. But I find a challenge from my end is that uh, when talking with our donors who support our work, it's um, uh, at the one hand, it's, you know, gender is a topic on every everything we are, we do uh, by default, right? But at the same time, it's a topic which you could easily uh, spread out so thin that it's not that we don't create impact or we don't learn from. So focusing on a few core interventions and trying to innovate on them and be proud of those innovations and share those innovations with the world that's sort of the key to me to get uh, gender learnings into not only our programs, but into the business practice of uh, our clients and our business we work with. And at the same time, of course, you do need to be gender sensitive in everything you do. And striking that balance, I think, is a, is, is a big discussion we have with our donors at the moment, and which is a dilemma for them and for ourselves as well. And that balance, I think, we still didn't fully find. I agree there. Uh, we should be careful that it's not becoming a tick-the-box exercise. Sure. Uh, and it is a good a good step that we have now integrated it into our internal processes. I think that that was absolutely necessary yes. and that is a, a great improvement. Um, and they really carve out what it is that we as IDH can change there and what our, our role could be and our added value. Right. I think that should really be the criteria to look at how, how can we define a key set of interventions that we and innovations that we as um, mm -hmm. IDH want to leave behind? We hope uh, that this podcast has shed some more light on uh, the IDH gender strategy and the impact theme on gender. Um, I think it's good that we share our findings and our steps towards the next level on gender effectiveness at IDH. Uh, thanks for listening to this. This is an endeavor which we as IDH always can only do in partnerships. So if you have any ideas, suggestions, you want to join the force uh, and we can join your movements, please uh, let us know. Thank you. Thank you.